As I arrived this morning, I was told that I left you on a, um, on a cliffhanger last week with uh, Acts chapter 9, so I guess that means I'm here to push you over the cliff this morning, and uh, we'll see what happens. Lengthy chapter, probably we could say, well, it's nice being here, thanks very much, let's all go home now. It's uh, a wonderful chapter, though, and uh, whoever designed this series in Acts, I certainly agree that you've got to cover this whole chapter together. It's a story that um, begins and ends and it's got to be the, the right package. So well done to whoever's designed this series. What I want to do is wander through the passage section by section, unwrapping it a little bit, reflecting on it a little bit, and then come to an application of what all this means for us today. Remember we left um, uh, Peter at Simon the Tanner's place uh, last week at the end of Acts chapter 9. And it's an interesting place for him to be because uh, Simon the Tanner was working with uh, with leather works. He was producing leather works that were seen as unclean to the Jews. And this was the beginning. This is God's plan. This is the beginning of putting Peter into a place where he was having to grapple with this whole question of Jew and Gentile and clean and unclean. And uh, just as uh, Josh was sharing with us how God uh, plans uh, not looking at a, uh, a, um, a petrol gauge thing until uh, the last minute and then happens to meet up with this lady at that particular time. You can see God's planning on this all the way through chapter 9 and chapter 10. It's it's an exciting experience. So in um, in Acts chapter 10 verses 1 to 8, first of all, we're introduced to Cornelius and it's, we're told he's a centurion in the Roman army. So we've got a Gentile here. Uh, he was devout and he was prayerful and he was benevolent toward the poor. So he was involved in charitable works. And he gets a visit from an angel who is setting up a meeting between him and Peter. And uh, the angel tells Cornelius where to find Peter in Joppa, at Simon the Tanner's place, and to send for him. So that's what he does. And uh, Cornelius is told by the angel that his prayerfulness and his benevolence have been noticed in heaven. I love the way that God sets up these sort of encounters, and he does it right throughout, well, even in the Gospels, I was going to say right throughout Acts, but he does it in the Gospels as well. He sets up encounters between people. And uh, Josh's experience was one that probably is, uh, you know, we've all experienced that sort of thing where God's hand is, is just involved in setting up circumstances so that we can be uh, meeting people just at the right time where, where God wants to meet them. And that's an exciting thing that we can do, trusting God with all of that. And we certainly see it here. Uh, in, in the beginning of Acts chapter 9, which we didn't look at last week, I'm sure you looked at it the week before, uh, a similar thing happened, was happening uh, between Saul and Ananias. God was setting up the whole encounter, and here we see it again. I also find it very interesting that um, Cornelius's benevolence towards the poor is noted and is appreciated in heaven. Now, isn't that excited? exciting? The, the, the connections between what happens here on earth and in heaven are very real. There's connection there. And we're not surprised at that because Jesus himself said in Matthew 25, as you did it to the least of these, you do it unto me. And so there's a definite connection between how we treat vulnerable people, how we treat anybody, 
but we're talking about vulnerable people here, the, the, the poor, how we treat the poor uh, is very much connected to how we treat Jesus and in heaven it is known and appreciated. And that's a very encouraging thing, I believe. The um, charity and benevolence toward the poor was very much a, a part of the early church. We see it right across the book of Acts. We see it in Acts 2, Acts 4, Acts 5, Acts 6, Acts 9, and here in relation to Cornelius. And so the characteristics of the early church here in Acts certainly included signs and wonders, included teaching and worship and fellowship and benevolence, uh, giving ourselves to those who are marginalised, who are vulnerable around us. All of those things were important. Verses 9 to 16, we find Peter over there in Joppa, and he's on the rooftop, and he's praying and waiting for lunch. Okay, that's what he's doing there. And he goes into a visionary state and sees a large sheet from heaven with all sorts of animals in it. Uh, including those that are ritually unclean for the Jews. And in this visionary state, he hears a voice telling him to kill and to eat. But he resists because of the type of animals in the vision. They're unclean, they're common, they're impure. And they must be abstained from according to Levitical law, according to to Peter's religion, Jewish religion. They must be abstained from. But the voice tells him that God's made them clean and they must not be called unclean. This is a radical message. We've got to put ourselves into Peter's shoes here to really understand how radical this is and what Peter is grappling with. This is so much against, culturally, so much against everything that he stood for. You know, the Jews and the Gentiles are separate. The Jews are the chosen ones. The Gentiles are not. And there's impure. There's food that must be abstained from. It's unclean, just like the Gentiles are unclean. And God is saying, no, you don't call them unclean because I've actually cleansed them. And then this happens three times and the sheet is taken back up into heaven. As we reflect upon these few verses, we see that at its foundation, this is a call out of cultural sensitivities into inclusiveness that was worldview shattering for Peter. I'll say that again because this this is a really important part of the passage. At its foundation, this is a call out of cultural sensitivities, and we all have cultural sensitivities, things that we're sensitive about because of our own culture and maybe church culture. This is a call out of cultural sensitivities into an inclusiveness that was worldview-shattering for Peter. It blew him away. This is huge for Peter. But it's even bigger for the church and for the future of the church. If they got this wrong, the church would become culturally a Jewish sect. If they get this one wrong, the church would be a very different type of organisation than what it became, than what God wanted it to be. This is only the beginning of a process. In fact, it actually began on the day of Pentecost, but we'll get to that in a minute. 
But, uh, you know, we, we come up to Acts 15, and you will be there in a few weeks' time, I'm sure, where, where the Council of Jerusalem has to deal with these matters and, and set down laws and rules and regulations for the inclusiveness that they wanted uh, the church to, to be. And then Paul, of course, picks up this very much in, in a lot of his epistles as he writes to help churches overcome the, um, the, the local problems of uh, including the Gentiles in the church. But but this is huge. This is a turning point here in Acts chapter 10 because if the church got this wrong, if Peter misunderstood this, if Peter didn't follow through on this, the church would have become culturally a Jewish sect. God is over all culture and ritual and laws. If he moves outside of the boundaries, then the circle that's been widened and we have no place constricting it. So we come to the next few verses of verses 17 to 23, where we see the plan starting to come together. Peter's deeply perplexed. The word literally means he's nonplussed. <laughs> he doesn't get it. It doesn't make sense. There's cognitive dissonance here, you know, where this makes sense, but this is happening. And the distance between these things it's just so far, I don't get it. I don't get it. And it's called a cognitive dissonance. And it's a very serious thing. It's at the root of a lot of anxiety, a lot of cultural stress, a lot of things that go on in our minds and it messes us up. And that's what Peter is experiencing here as he's, as, as he's hearing from God and as he's seeing this vision. What on earth's going on? And remember, he's, he's already staying in a place where probably he'd been thinking through some of these things because it was an unclean profession that the other Simon was involved in, but he's perplexed here. He's nonplussed. This is so foreign to everything he believes that the vision is trying to get across to him. And it's when it, while he's in this state of cognitive dissonance, Cornelius' men arrive and they ask for Peter. And the Holy Spirit tells Peter that he's to go with the three men because God has arranged all of this. Don't you love it? God has arranged all of this. Here's these three blokes, the three guys that come and they tell Peter, we're here with a message for you, you know, we're sent by Cornelius. And God says, go with them because I'm actually behind this. I'm behind this. Peter asks them what they want. They tell him about Cornelius and the angel and how Cornelius was inviting him to pay a visit to tell him a message. And so Peter shows hospitality to them in Simon's place and they stay overnight. And this is the beginning of Peter's openness to inclusiveness. As we reflect on these verses, we see that the way that all this is being set up is just fascinating it's a mixture of the divine and the human there's angels involved the holy spirit's involved humans are involved visions are involved and god is behind the whole thing and don't you find that in life you know as we as we go about following jesus and just doing the things that come up in the everyday there's a real mixture of divine and human you know, there are angels involved and, and, and the Holy Spirit's involved, but there's also human plans and, and, and human decisions and so forth. And, and, and God's behind the whole thing. I love the way that God orchestrates life like that. As long as we're following obediently, we can fit into that plan and God's behind the whole thing.
all this, God's behind this whole thing, setting it all up for one man to hear the message of Jesus. And don't you find that incredible? For one person to hear the message of Jesus. He's behind all this. And this shows how important the individual is to God, how important the call and the purpose of God is. I mean, we knew that already. You know, the 99 are safe and, 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 and the shepherd goes off looking for the one. And we've got plenty of stories like that. But this is a great reminder that the gospel is personalised in stories like this. But it takes a community to bring it into reality. You see, this man is really important. But there's a whole community here that's involved in bringing about God's plan. And the community involves the Holy Spirit and angels as well. And so the community is human and, and, and spiritual just to bring this man the message of the gospel. Fantastic story. In the next verses, 23 to 33, Peter and Cornelius meet and they discuss their experiences. They share their stories. Wouldn't you believe that's, that's the truth? You know, you, 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 you got to say, you know, how did all this come about, you know? Well, I was sitting here and this angel comes up to me and he tells me this. Oh, well, I was sitting up and waiting for lunch and the blanket comes down with a whole lot of people, food that I couldn't eat. What wasn't fair. Oh, my tummy was rumbling. I was wanting food. And, you know, sharing their stories together. And so Peter arrives in Caesarea. He's greeted by Cornelius. A crowd of people's gathered to hear what Peter has to say as Cornelius has invited his family and friends. There's this guy that's come from Joppa to us and he's going to tell me a message I don't really know what the message is but I think it might be worthwhile hearing why don't you all come over for lunch and and, and we'll listen to him Cornelius worships Peter but Peter stops that nonsense straight away and he refers to their shared humanity you can see that God's at work here because even that is a step forward for Peter He refers to their shared humanity. This is the starting point for a theology of equity, a theology of inclusiveness. Because he says, no, 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 don't don't be stupid. You know, get up. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm a man just like you are. I'm a human being. And that's where it all begins. When we understand the inclusiveness of the fact that we're all created by God. We all share humanity. We're all equal in value and worth. Because we're created, we're people of God, we're created by him. And so Peter shares what he's learned from the vision that he had, not to call any person unclean and inclusiveness is on its way. And then he asks Cornelius to tell his side of the story and Cornelius shares about his vision and the subsequent request to go and get Peter. As we reflect on those verses, we see the lessons of inclusiveness as much a part of this story as the conversion of a man and his family. God is wanting to get across a message here that's really important to everybody. And he's telling it through the story of a conversion of Cornelius and his family. That's why I think we have such a detailed telling of this story. That's why chapter 10 is so long. (laughs) This is the church stepping over the threshold of the culture of the world and becoming a global movement. That's why it's so important. This is a highly significant passage for us today 
as we face the risk of its reversal in a regionalised nationalism and exclusivism and we have to be very, very careful that we don't step back over the threshold that God has orchestrated for Peter to step over here. We come to verses 34 to 38. And the lesson that we learn from here, it's very clear. Peter has got it. He says, I have learned God shows no favourites. God shows no favourites. That's what I've learned. Huge lesson for him when it came to the whole Jewish-Gentile question. It's a huge lesson for us as well, for some of the people that we may have problems accepting as being as valuable and worthwhile as us. Peter tells them that the lesson that he's learned is that God shows no favourites and that this inclusiveness, this equity, knows no boundaries. And then he preaches to the gathered people. He tells them about the appointment of Christ as Messiah and his death and his resurrection. He tells them of Christ's ministry of healing and deliverance under the fullness of the Spirit and the guidance of God. And he tells them of how this was a fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy and the availability of forgiveness of sins through him. He doesn't water down the gospel in any way as he talks to this group of Gentiles gathered together. He preaches the gospel exactly as he knows it and as he has experienced it, as he saw it in Christ lived out. He preaches that gospel to these Gentiles who are gathered together. And during this sermon... The Holy Spirit fills those who are gathered and they start to speak in other languages declaring the greatness of God. Can you, can you catch on to what's happening here? Here's this bunch of Gentiles gathered together and Peter is preaching the gospel to them and the Holy Spirit falls upon them. What a great passage to have as we think of the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit falls upon them. And he brings about some changes that only he could bring about to this group of people gathered. You know, Jesus is in the midst of all of this. And the Holy Spirit causes them to do exactly what he had done on the day of Pentecost with the Jews who were gathered. The Holy Spirit falls upon them and they speak with other languages, the languages of those who were gathered And there's an inclusiveness there. It's not just this little group of Galilean fishermen. It's everybody who's gathered together from all parts of the world to come to Jerusalem and to, and, and to, to, to seek God at the time of the Passover. And the Holy Spirit falls. And you know what one of the great barriers is to inclusivity, to be inclusive? It's language. It's language. Because language divides us. The Tower of Babel, language divided people. Even today we know that we've got to overcome language barriers. You know, just ask any Wycliffe Bible translator how important it is to overcome the barriers of language. 
that the word of God might be might 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 be uh, read and heard in our own language, and that's what was said on the day of Pentecost. We're hearing the wonders of God in our own languages, in our own dialect. The Spirit of God was breaking through the barriers that were there on the day of Pentecost, and He's doing it again here with the Gentiles. He's breaking through. Because there's a connection now between what happened on the day of Pentecost with the Jews and what's happening today in Caesarea's, in, in, in Cornelius's house with the Gentiles. The greatness of God is declared as the Holy Spirit falls upon them. These Gentile converts were then baptized in the name of Jesus. And Peter stays on for a while in the town. Don't you love the way that's left? I I reckon maybe we're still on the edge of the cliff. (laughs) The outcome of all the activity of God through angels, the spirit, humans, visions, is now upon us and the result is the gospel has crossed the biggest cultural and national divide of the day. The Gentiles are in the church. The Gentiles are in the church. And God has used the same ID, if you like, his calling card, as he did on the day of Pentecost. So no one could doubt that this is God at work in Caesarea as he was at work in Jerusalem. So how does this relate to us today? Well, it's pretty obvious, isn't it? Very similar lessons we need to learn. God is at work in the neighbourhoods of our world. And our neighbourhoods are very different from each other. I'm teaching an online class at the moment (coughs) called uh, Church Planting and Community Development or Community Engagement. And I have in that class um, one person in Mexico, uh, two people in Fiji, two people in India, and the rest of them are in this culturally far away place called Queensland. <laughs> Sometimes I think there might be more differences between Victoria and Queensland than those other places I've just mentioned. But anyway, sorry, this has been recorded. No, I didn't say that. It was David Wright who mouthed that. <laughs> um, and, and so uh, it, it's just wonderful to hear the cultural diversities of the things they're grappling with and to know that God is at work, but you know, some of the, some of the exclusiveness that they report, that the, the feelings of non-acceptance because of either their past or the things they're going through or whatever it might be. Our neighborhoods are so different from one another and the gospel needs to be enculturated, needs to be seen as so relevant to those people out there as it was to the Gentiles gathered in Caesarea. But it'll be told in different ways. And we need the Holy Spirit to help us to understand the languages that we need to use to cross the cultural divides because, folk, there really is a perceived cultural divide between us gathered here this morning and the people who make up your neighbours, your neighbourhood, the people around you. 
Now we might say, but there's no cultural divide. We feel the same as them. We love them. They're equal with us. We know the value and the worth. But unfortunately, so often, they don't feel that. <laughs> they, they, it's just, they're, to them, seen as so different. And we need to be so wise in just praying that the Holy Spirit would help us to use the right languages, if I can, if I can use that term in this day of Pentecost, to use the right languages, the right communication devices. Oh, devices, that's a whole horrible word. The way that the right communication means ways of reaching out to people to help people see that God is an inclusive God. That God loves them as much as he loves us. That's the message of this passage. God has no favorites. <laughs> it's good stuff, isn't it? Thanks, Josh.